20, Job chapter 22, or make that 24. I'm going to switch up a little bit and continue the Sunday school lesson tonight, And uh, because what I was going to preach tonight deals with current events. Some of you might not be able to make it back, so I don't want you to miss out on getting an insight into what's going on right now. Jack Hiles, I taught for him for 10 years, and his college used to say, the three types of people in the world. First group of people makes things happen. The second group of people watch things happen. And the third group of people don't know what's happened. So you got your Bible open to Job 24. If, if you were not here in Sunday school, please go by the book table and uh, nothing else. Get the new book. This is 440 pages with 80 photographs on what's going on right now. The secular people, Fox News, they, you know, all them Catholics, they don't know anything about the Bible. And it's, it's folks like myself that can give you scripture to go with current events and calm you down so you're not nervous. So please go by and get that book. It's, it's $25 on my website, but it's 20 back there. Any book is 20 any three for 50 okay? Debit cards, bad checks, Rolex, watches, I don't care what you want to give me. But don't go home without that book or something wrong with you because, you know, God doesn't want you to be in the dark. Let me show you. You got your Bible open to Job 24. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Uh, I have a lot of black preacher friends. Matter of fact, I'm preaching for one of them in West Memphis, Arkansas next week. He supports me monthly. And these, these these black preachers got a good way of putting things. One of them's got a sermon called Chaos in the Cosmos, where we are right now. Another one, though, has got a sermon. I never forgot it. It's called, uh, You May Be Saved Down Here, But You Ain't Necessarily Safe Down Here. Read my chapter in my new book on Rahab the harlot. You'll get more insight than you can shake a stick at. Rahab was right with God in the Old Testament sense. So are we. But uh, we have one thing in common with Rahab. We're both trapped in a terrified city. Let that sink in. This thing's going down. And you're going to need to know how to get through it. Okay, Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. you got to be hungry enough to learn. And uh, I give you all that good information now in this new book, and it'll help you. Or like they say in North Carolina, Dr. Grady is here to help us. And when I leave, they say he really hoped us. So let me ask you three quick questions, and humor me, because the answers would appear to be obvious, but I'm going somewhere with this object lesson, Okay. How many of you think God knows what's going on? Raise your hand. All right, put your hands down. How many of you know God? Raise your hand. Put your hands down. How many of you know what's going on? Bunch of liars. <laughs> now, Job would be scratching his head about now. Want to see the verse? Verse 1. Why, comma, seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty, like the black preacher sermon Did it ever occur to you that nothing occurs to God? Why, seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty, do they that know Him not see His days? God knows what's going on, and you know God. How come you don't know what He's doing? Roughly speaking. I'm not asking you to date the rapture. I'd like to show you from the Word of God this morning what's happening. Father, I pray that You'll bless us, give us insight, a busy church that's been blessed of God's got a lot going on on a Sunday morning. Got to hurry along. I pray you'll give the folks the ability to listen quick. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Turn your Bibles, sit down please, turn in your Bibles, uh, <coughs> 2 Timothy 3. And then, um, I got a phone call years ago from a lady that said, Brother Grady, you don't know me, but I know you through some of your books. I'm calling to find out if you'd be willing to witness to my unsaved uncle. He's Italian, he's a Roman Catholic, and he's a lifetime New Yorker, and maybe you could make some points with him. I said, well, I'll witness to anybody. What's your uncle's name, you know? She said, Yogi Bear. I pray for the young people here. They don't even know who Yogi Bear is. Of course, he was this all-star catcher, number seven for the Yankees in their heyday. Bobby Richardson was the all-star second baseman for the Yankees in those days with Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. You know, he was a born-again Baptist from South Carolina. Matter of fact, he wound up running Jerry Falwell's athletic department at the end of his life. He led Mickey Mantle to the Lord in a sickbed one time. But uh, I used to go see the Yankees play ball when I was uh, 10 years old. I'd jump on a subway in Manhattan go up to the Bronx. You can't let your 10-year-old kid go to the mailbox without keeping a 30 out 6 ready. What happened to this crazy country? <clears throat> but you, she never got back to me uh, with a phone number or anything. Maybe he didn't want to talk to a stranger. I don't know, but he's, in, he's dead now. But he was famous for these yogiisms, they called them. Real weird sayings, right? When you get to the fork in the road, take it. And, uh, you know, uh, you, can, you, can see, you can learn a lot of things by observing. <laughs> And uh, anyway, he had a real famous yogiism, though. Some of you remember it, you old-timers. You finish it for me. Ready? It ain't over till it's over. Now, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but I think things pretty much wrapped up when uh, President Trump had to leave the White House for those Bidens to come in, and he had the nuclear football and control of the military, and he couldn't stop anything. That swamp was deeper than he thought. And it's going to get a lot crazier before it gets before it's over, so you better pay attention. You may be saved down here, young people, are you listening? You may be saved down here, but you ain't necessarily safe down here. Now, in 2 Timothy 3, God tells you a, a first verse, this know also that in the last days revival's going to break out. Huh? Asbury College, praise God. Perilous times shall come. You all see that? That's the only place in the King James Bible where that word is used. And if you look it up in a Webster's 1828 English Dictionary, it says dangerous, hazardous, full of great risk. Don't you think every Chinaman would sign on to that definition? Every person in India would sign on to that with no idea it's a, it's a Bible word even? You remember those two COVID years, 2020, 21? Remember those two years? Remember all those... Uh, all those signs on the doors of all the businesses, all the government buildings, all the public buildings, remember what they said? The King James Bible is the preserved, inspired, infallible, perfect Word of God. How many remember seeing those signs? Nobody? They were all over the country. Well, they weren't worded exactly like that. How about social distancing, six feet? You see those signs? How come they didn't say five feet or seven feet? You think Fauci knows that the number six in the Bible is man's number? You young people, you want to see something cooler than your phone? Turn to Romans real quick. Romans 6. 
Joshua is the sixth book of the Bible. The first book of the Bible that's named after a man. Six letters in Joshua. Man's created on the sixth day. You should know some of these things. Anything about man in the book of Romans? Somebody talk to me. Six letters in Romans. Isn't that something? Look at Romans chapter 6. Sixth book of the New Testament, sixth chapter. Young people, I'm talking to you. Romans chapter 6. What verse do you think we should look at? Why don't you read verse 16, Agers? And stop at the sixth word. Would you tell me what it is? That's what you call an English nugget. Say amen right there. You know what that stupid NIV says? For we know that our old self. They add a seventh word and change the word man to the word self to knock out that beautiful English nugget. Now, why, why is, why is a six the number of man? Well, and wh- why did Fauci tell you to stay six feet away if you don't want to get COVID? What he's telling you is stay six feet that way so you won't go six feet that way. Because when you kick the bucket, where do they put you? Yeah, six feet under. Now, unsaved men that won't come into this church are familiar with terms like file 13. That's the garbage can. You know, colloquial expressions, they call them. Well, they know what, they know what deep six means. You know what deep six means to a lost man? Look. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. First point, I got a little three-point outline here this morning. No poem. Say amen right there. How many of you know why Tony is the number one Italian name in America? Because when they're putting them on the boats in Italy, sending them over to America, they're stamping their heads. To New York. To New York. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You can read Spurgeon till the, till the cows come home and you won't hear him telling any jokes. He wasn't preaching in the 21st century. Praise God. So here we go. First point of my little three-point outline, back to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3 is deep six. Without trying to be Debbie Downer, there's going to be plenty of death. Now listen, I said when the Bidens moved in and the Trumps moved out, I happen to know firsthand that Biden is a bum. I mean, from pers- firsthand experience. He's in my father's house 21 times when he was a senator in Delaware. My, da- my dad's wife, my, se- my stepmother was was on the state finance committee. She's a Republican, but she's a lifetime person in politics. Biden always shaking hands like a missionary. That's a missionary joke I heard from a missionary. Always had his hand out trying to get something from her. She said he was a bum. But I've got firsthand experience. You want to hear something crazy? Uh, Again, if you get this book, there's more crazy stuff in here you can shake a stick at. But I have 80 photographs. The The funniest picture to me personally is a photograph right here of a famous nightclub in Delaware. There's a picture of it right here. It's called the Stone Balloon Ale House. It opened up in 1972 in June. And uh, the owner, his name was Bill Stevenson. And that became the overnight the number one college bar in America. I know we're teetotaling Baptists, but hang in there. Some of you were heathens before you got saved. You understand the context of what I'm telling you. The owner of Rolling Stone magazine voted that nightclub the best-kept secret in rock and roll. That's what they called it. The Yaman Brothers played there all the time, and Ray Charles and Bruce Springsteen. The, Beatles, uh, the Rolling Stones came that close to signing the contract, but their schedule messed up. But anyway, when they opened that thing up, I was living in Wilmington, Delaware at the time, and, and I was 19 years old, and I, saw, I was working for the Brandywine Cash Register Company. 
And that uh, company, I mean, uh, I, I wound up, as God does crazy things in our lives, connecting dots. I was a lost Catholic at the time. I sold that guy and his wife. They were co-owners. Uh, you heard of Jack and Jill went up the hill? They were Bill and Jill Stevenson. They were known as Bill and Jill, like Jack and Jill. Very socially connected. He was a big football star from the University of Delaware. But I, I sold that guy and his wife their cash registers for that nightclub. I made so much money, my boss took me to Europe uh, for uh, four weeks. There's a picture, a picture of me at 19 standing in front of the Vatican in Rome trying to show off my Catholic heritage. What's that got to do with anything? Well, I told you they called Bill and Jill. Five years later, they were known as Joe and Jill. Say amen right there. What are you saying, Brother Grady? I'm saying your so-called current first lady was my customer in 1972. How can you make up something that crazy? You go, you go look up uh, Bill Stevenson on the Internet. Any, Google anywhere you want. Bill Stevenson, Jill Biden. Just Google it and see if he's not been threatening to put a tell-all book out now for several years about how his wife was fooling around Biden behind his back before they were ever separated, much less divorced. And, of course, those black helicopters flying over his house keeps on putting off that book. Go look it up if you think I'm crazy. Well, what's that got to do with the price of eggs? Well, the moral of the story is if you steal a man's wife, you'll steal an election. Say amen quick right there. And once a crook, always a crook. Now, by the way, by the way his wife's after Kamala, Hus Kamala Harris's husband right now. She gave him a big lip lock right in front of 15 million people during the State of the Union. Anybody see her kiss him right on the mouth? He's a Jewish dude. He's the second husband, they call him. That's Kamala's husband. But they're all crazy over there. But, but, uh, so what's going to happen? The bottom line is the first point of what you need to know about what's going on in the last days is that we're near the last days. And, and no preacher can say dogmatically we are in the last days. Paul thought he was going up at the rapture when he wrote 1 Thessalonians. God didn't let him know when it was going to be. But we can say that if we, whenever the last days begin... This chapter lays it out about what you need to know about it. And if we're not close to the last days, man, I'm in trouble. I tell congregations all the time, don't buy any cemetery plots on cash. Put them on time payments. Amen. Now, bottom line is, uh, first point of my little outline is deep six. There's going to be plenty of death between the now and the time things wrap up. This know also that in the last days... Perilous times shall come. Dangerous, hazardous, full of great risk. Look the word up. You know, I live in East Tennessee, not far from here. More Baptists there than people. Most of those people are as dumb as rocks. Most of them Southern Baptists connected. They don't know anything about the Bible. Hardly anything. Hope that's not your situation. Hope you want to know what's going on. God wants you to know, right? So look at chapter 3, verse 1. Perilous times are going to come. And then <clears throat> it starts out in verse uh, uh, 2. For men shall be. And now God gives you 20 things to look for to know whether the Lord's coming closer, is, his coming close is, is nigh. Teenagers, you couldn't make this up if you had to. Are you ready, neighbor? Look, there's 20 things. Paul's in a dungeon now, under a dungeon. Mamertine dungeon in Rome, ready to have his head cut off. Right after he finishes this book, 
Not long after. And the first thing the Holy Spirit tells them to put down so you couldn't possibly miss the fact that the rapture is around the corner. Look at the first sign of 20. Look up here. For men shall be lovers of their own selfies. Look at look what's sitting in there. That was written 2,000 years ago. B.R. Lakin used to say, Hold my mule while I shout. Paul said, We're not ignorant of his devices. Lest Satan get an advantage over us. You look up a couple up there. The, well, right there, that's the first one. There's 19 more after that. Now look here. These are signs of the last... Oh, by the way, young people, don't get too impressed with these things. Moses was downloading data from a cloud onto his tablets a long time before Bill Gates had his first diaper change. Don't, don't get impressed with these stupid things. Now, the Holy Spirit gives you 20 signs here. That's the first one. Let you know the Lord's coming. Now, you know, good saved people have always been confused about signs. Earthquakes, famines, wars. Remember all those that listed Matthew? Haven't you scratched your head a hundred times reading that? What kind of a sign is a war? All right. How many mothers in here? Raise your hand real quick. All right. Put your hand down. Any of you mothers, anybody who had their hand up can explain it to you. I married a labor and delivery nurse. Mothered three of my children. All three of my children. <laughs> Praise God. That, that didn't come out right. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. What's that, another Italian joke? Do you hear about Tony and Vinny going through the woods late at night, two, two hit men from the mob? There's a full moon out there and owls are hooting. And uh, Tony finally says to Vinny, he says, you know, Vinny, as good a friend as you and I is all these years, I don't mind admitting to you, I'm kind of scared out here tonight. And Vinny said to Tony, he says, you're scared. i got to walk out of here alone in about ten minutes. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. All right, now, any, any mother can explain prophetic signs because when Jesus gave that long list on Mount Olivet, he ended it by saying all of these signs are the beginning of sorrows. Sunday school, we talked about sorrow when you deliver children, according to Genesis 3, right, ladies? Well, ask any mother in here if the labor pains don't intensify the closer you get to the delivery. We got, a, we got a sign down here, disobedient to parents. Right there in verse 2, you see it? Well, kids have always been disobedient to parents. Again, what kind of a sign is that? Well, Mark Twain used to tell, their, tell parents 150 years ago, when your kid turns 16, stick him in a barrel. Put a hole in a barrel for air so he can breathe. Or she, he or she. And then when they turn 16, plug up the hole. And Mark Twain said that. Parents have always had a problem with kids. But you know what? In the 1990s, a new era ushered in with the Menendez brothers murdering their parents. And now it happens all the time, doesn't it? You got a new word in the dictionary, patricide. Murder of parents. See those labor pains? So you see, you know, the man that wrote the, um, this book here, How Satan Turned America Against God. You want to know what's going on in this country right now? This book will hair lip every dog in the county. The man who wrote the afterwards of this book invented the most bizarre weapon in the history of the world, the neutron bomb, a Jewish physicist. He, wrote the, he recommended this book to me and helped me get it out. There's a picture of me and him in his backyard in Brentwood, California years ago. 
He worked on the atom bomb at the Manhattan Project and invented the neutron bomb in 1958. <clears throat> he, he told me when the U Soviet Union broke up, they, got, they lost all kind of nuclear weapons, suitcase bombs, dirty bombs, they called them. Nobody knows where they are. He always said he scratched his head wondering how come they hadn't gone off yet somewhere. Well, God's saving that stuff. You're going to see a lot of things going crazy between now and the rapture. I'm telling you, neighbor, perilous times are coming. God can get you through it, but you've got to be serious. And you can't get spiritual in the middle of a trial. A trial doesn't make a man or a woman. They reveal the, the people. Whatever you are, when that thing hits the fan, you're stuck with that. So the time to be serious is now. You all know what the Baptist salute is? You got to be serious out there, neighbor. All right? Now, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, uh, so look at that here. Who's responsible for all this COVID junk? Well, that sure threw this country into turmoil, didn't it? Uh, was it a pandemic or a plandemic? I think it was a plandemic and a scamdemic, but what do I know? But I have a whole chapter in here, chapter 5, you want to know what's going on, called uh, Inventors of Evil Things from Romans 1.18. I preached over in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina the other day, told all those Tar Heels out there. And by the way, Notre Dame beat Duke last night. I couldn't believe it. I almost had a heart attack right there at the last minute. Jack Howell said he's for anybody that's playing Notre Dame. But I told those Tar Heels, I said, the whole COVID stuff started at Chapel Hill, North Carolina, sent, sent, sent across the sea over to Wuhan. Go, your senator knows that. Senator Rand Paul, go read what he told you about that. So what's going on? Well, instead of listening to me up here give you my opinion, why don't you let the Holy Ghost show you? 20 signs here, right? Hello? Look at sign number 15, and instead of counting them all out there, Jethro Bodine, not, not, not thing here, let me tell you exactly what number 15 is. It's the first word in verse 4. What does it say? Hello. That sound, that sound appropriate for today? Did we have traitors when America started? Sure, Benedict Arnold's. But they were very few in number. You get to the end of America, it's backwards. Now the traitors are in the majority, and the patriots are in the minority. Men like Senator Paul and Jesse Helms and Donald Trump, these guys are dinosaurs in our country tonight. That's the way God told you it would be. Hey, look up here in verse 3. Without natural affection, there was uh, truce breakers. Look at false accusers. You had false accusers, the traitors. You saw that for four years when Trump was trying to do a good job. And don't give me that gas. He doesn't read his Bible every day. He's a politician. You want, you want a spiritual list of qualifications, read 2 Timothy 3. That's for uh, 1 Timothy 3. That's a bishop's requirements. A, 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 a political leader is in chapter 2. One that would give us a quiet and peaceful life. Protect us so we get the gospel out. That's all you need in a leader. I had some nutty Christians told me they weren't going to vote for Trump the first time because he had connections with the mafia in New York. How the heck do you think you build a skyscraper in Manhattan without knowing what palms you got to grease? What do you want, a good Baptist back in there again like Jimmy Carter or Bill Clinton? You know how you break up an Italian wedding? Somebody else the cements here. You know, Rodney Dangerfield said his neighborhood was so tough when the kids were playing the cement when they were little, you'd feel another hand sometime. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. 
you know, half the crowd right now doesn't have any idea what I'm talking about, but but they think it's funny, so they're they're you know they're they're enduring it. All right, I bet you don't even know why Italians have short necks. I never heard of the guy, Your Honor. All right, see, I'm doing all that silly stuff to hold hold your attention. Aren't you glad I'm not up here putting you to sleep? All right, blah 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 here. All right, so we got traitors here and false accusers, yes? Well, that's terrible. So that's my second point. What's your second point, preacher? Well, we got deep sleep. Here you go. How about deep state? All that stuff's real. I put this book out in 2005. My, my contemporaries and friends thought I was a little, little loopy, you know, conspiracy stuff. Some of us know what's going on. I believe we went to the moon. And I believe the earth is round. And I believe Sandy Hook shooting was real. But here's 900 pages of real conspiracy material if you want it. There's plenty of the real thing out there. Can I show you two examples? How many remember the sneak attack on Pearl Harbor? I don't mean you were there, but you've heard of the sneak attack, right? Here's the front page headline of the largest newspaper in Hawaii. Seven days before the sneak attack. The newspaper's called the Honolulu Advertiser. I've been in their office in Honolulu. I paid $250 for permission to print this so you could see what it said. That's the front page of the newspaper seven days before Pearl Harbor. Right up on the top, Japanese may strike over weekend. Big letters. Here's the article. Hawaii troops alerted. Right here. That's page 907 on my book. Go look at it. That's some sneak attack, isn't it? That's what you call the deep state now. People used to laugh at it. Nobody's laughing anymore because America's captured. And we're not getting out of this. We killed too many babies over the last 50 years. We, I was saved 50 years ago, uh, 49 years ago, last month, or August 25th. And back then, in, in 1974, Roe v. Wade was just one year old. And I remember hearing those preachers saying, Brother Muncie, <coughs> if God spares America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. That was in 74 I heard that. Uh, the deep states got us. You can have all the God and country rallies you want. But that blood's crying up from the ground along with every other sick perversion. Now here's, a fo- here's on the other side of the, of the Pearl Harbor story. Look, just turn the page. Here's a photocopy of one of the pages from the National Register in Washington, D.C. You ever hear them say, enter this into the record? This is the official record of the government. This is page 9097. This page was entered November the 7th, 1942. So where'd you get it? On the dark web? No, right down here, I'll tell you where I got it. Library of Congress Law Department. Came with a stamp on the envelope at my request. So what is it? It's a whole story about one of the largest banks in America that got busted in the middle of World War II for the crime of money laundering for Mr. Hitler, hiding his German marks in their bank, keep the war going. Well, that's terrible. Yeah, but not as bad as the board members here. Their names are here. You want to know who did it? Third name from the bottom, Prescott Bush, 41's daddy. Senator Prescott Bush from Connecticut. The Honorable Prescott Bush. That's a family that wouldn't spit on, on Trump, but they didn't have any problem keeping Mr. Hitler going. That's in the government's record right here. That's what you call the deep state. 
Now, let me show you something else. I mentioned the man that invented the neutron bomb, Sam Cohen. He's a Jewish physicist. He's dead now. He called me. I don't know why I did this. He said, I consider Joe Grady to be one of the most unusual friends I have known in my 84 years. God hooked us up. I witnessed him for seven years over the telephone. Went out to visit him one time, and he lived three houses down from the O.J. Simpson mansion. God does weird things for us sometimes, doesn't he? I want to read you a clip from what he wrote in the back of this book. It's a pro-Israel book, and he's a Jew. That's why he recommended it. Let me read you something he wrote. Most Americans are totally oblivious. Apply this to COVID, okay? Most Americans are totally oblivious to their precarious surroundings. Several years ago, my longtime friend and colleague, Joe Douglas, he's a terrorism expert, you can look him up, authored a book entitled America the Vulnerable, The Threat of Chemical and Biological Warfare, whose preface contained the following statement, quote, while the United States debates the development of a massive defense effort against nuclear attack, the fact remains that this nation is almost entirely defenseless against chemical, biological, and toxin weapons of mass destruction. Some of these weapons may already be secreted within our borders. Others could be synthesized by our enemies within a matter of hours or days at the most. Watch this statement. Indeed, it is doubtful that most biological attacks would even be recognized for what they are, even if it could be proven with certainty that the outbreak of a particular disease was not a natural occurrence and instead was deliberately instigated. It would be almost impossible to pinpoint the exact source. End of quote. And that's if a credible, honest government, per se, was trying to get to the bottom of it. Not... Biden's business partners. Deep six, number two, deep state. Now, number three, who's responsible for all these bums getting away with all this terrible stuff and taking over our country? Who's responsible for all that? You don't want to know. It's my third point. Look at chapter four, verse one. I charge thee, therefore, before God, before God... By the way, if you want to know about Ashbury Revival, look at verse 13 of chapter 3. After all those 20 points are done, Paul says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. How about that? Deceiving and being deceived. Sounds like revival, don't it? By the way, you're supposed to throw in the towel because of conditions are like that? Not hardly. Look at the next verse. But continue thou in the things which thou hast heard of me. That's the greatest exhortation to push forward. But you can't push forward and keep your sanity unless you understand this third point. Who's responsible for all this junk? Verse 1, chapter 4. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. That's pre-COVID, post-COVID. Hey, here we go. Reprove negative. Rebuke negative. Exhort positive with all long suffering and doctrine. Preaching in the last days ought to be two thirds negative because that's what works. Hello. Isn't that how you got saved? Death, burial, resurrection. Now, here, here's the most important verse if you want insight to know what's going on right now across the whole country. Here's the best verse in the whole New Testament, in my humble opinion. Verse 3. 
For the time will come when they, see that they? Everybody wants to know about pronouns. That's either saved people or lost people. They will not endure sound doctrine. How could that be unsaved people? They can't endure sound doctrine anytime. They don't understand it. It's talking about your Christian friends. It didn't say they won't believe it. It said they won't endure it anymore. That's why you got empty pews here. And they'll get more and more as we get closer to the wrapping up, wrapping up time. What about that, preacher? You know what that means? The saved people in the last days are as worthless as a piece of dental floss in a Willie Nelson concert. The majority of them, they are. God just told you that right there in that book. It didn't say they won't believe the truth. They won't endure it anymore. It's too politically incorrect. Let's take you folks that work on a job and you got a supervisor's position. Some pervert gets hired and said he's a woman. How are you going to address that pervert? You're going to call him a her? You'll lose your job if you don't half the time. Can't hear you. You're all gagging at the same time. See? That's what they're going to go through in the tribulation period. No mark. See, my mother committed suicide when I was a child. A lot of you have suicide in your family. People do that because they lose hope. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And you know, the, the most important lesson for you to learn, if you want to be worth anything between now and the rapture, to the Lord. You got to take that verse 14 in the other chapter, continue, right? Know it, but you got to do it realizing that if you're in the last generation, you can't turn things around. That's the first generation that can't do it. And that, and that tends to suicide as far as a, in, a, in an unsafe context. I have no hope. I can't, I got to kill myself. <laughs> you got to keep trying to serve the Lord and keep trying to fill these pews up even though your efforts will go in vain most of the time because of that verse. God needs some special soldiers in the last days. I have a chapter just for teenagers in the new book. You parents ought to make sure they read that. Chapter 15 called The Terminal Generation about King Josiah. Got to know what's happening, folks. Well, look, we're running out of time. We'll, we'll have this continue tonight. Let me get, tell you this in closing. I was all done. Oh, by the way, what's the third point, preacher? Paul told the church to wake up in Romans and Thessalonians and I believe Galatians or Ephesians three different times. He said, wake up. The revivals during the Philadelphia church age were called the Great Awakenings. So the third point is this. When you get in the last days, nobody wakes up once they go out. They stay out. Deep six, deep state, deep sleep, REM sleep. Isn't that, isn't that something? Well, preacher, I'm all done with this. I made the mistake of uh, telling my wife that outline. Stand by your man. You don't want to tell me how wonderful it was. That's a great outline, three points. She's looked at that. She's my proofreader, too, for my book. She looked at that outline, and she said, well, I see a fourth point there in chapter four. I said you can't have a fourth point. Every preacher got three points in a poem. Who don't know that? She said, I don't care. I see it right here. And then I got, you know, tried to pull rank on her. I said, don't you realize God is a trinity? And we're made in God's image. We're body, soul, and spirit. Am I right about that? And I said, uh, I said don't you know everything comes in threes? Yes, no, because we reflect God. Yes, no, maybe. Uh, red light, yellow light, green light, and... Uh, Past, present, future, mom, dad, child, Moe, Larry, and Curly. How, how come Italians can't count to ten every time they get to two, they run into a tree? 
she, she wasn't impressed. I said, well, show me that fourth point. She said, it's right there in verse 6. Paul said, I'm now ready to be offered. Time of my departure is at hand. She said, that sounds like deep space to me. What are you going to do? Don't you husbands hate it when your wife gets one up on you? We're going out of here, folks. Don't quit. That rapture's coming. I, I preached in a church a couple weeks later, preached that outline of preachers. I'll give you a fifth point for the millennium. Deep dish. I said, it's got to have an S, dummy. <laughs> Pastor, he wrote me a $20,000 check. I'm right on the money here, quarter after. That thing's, that thing's two minutes fast. I double-checked, amen. How many going to back me up right there and right on my smartphone? 12-15 right there. Never make the pastor unhappy. He controls the love offering. <laughs> I told that pastor, I said, you, I, said I can't use that outline. It's got, it has to have an S. He wrote me a $20,000 check to pay for that printing of that new book so he can tell me anything he wants. <laughs> We're out of here, friends. Deep six, deep state, deep sleep, but praise God for deep space. Pastor, would you take charge of the service? Thank you for being good listeners. Please come back tonight. We'll finish the Sunday school lesson, which has got the wildest material of the entire day, if you can get back tonight. Thank you.